So first of all, could we welcome Colin Savage Press, which blew. How are you doing, mate? Good. I'm a, I'm a bit tired. I think like uh, Ray is our your next guest, but um, yeah, it was um, a bit of an emotionally exhausting game, wasn't it? And I think it took it out of us. Yes, and Colin's given the game away. Our next guest <laughs> is Man City Fan TV. Ray, Ray, how are you doing? Uh, very well, very well, Mike. I was thinking of putting up on the on a high pitch voice just to pretend it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> you guys look silly, but yeah, I'm, as Colin has uh, um, uh, already said, I'm tired. I mean, obviously, Swansea's a long way, a long way away. Uh, another late kickoff. Uh, as, as usual, the football authorities are thinking of the fans first, and uh, I think uh, we rolled in on our bus. It was after one o'clock in the morning uh, that uh, our bus arrived back. And then uh, obviously we get our cars back home. So it was a very early start, very late finish. But uh, we got uh, the win, and that's all that mattered in, at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Uh, but uh, let's start off with um, item number one on the agenda. Mr. Savage, what did you think about our Champions League draw? Well, obviously, um, I think everyone wanted Porto. But Spurs would have been second on my list, so I'm quite pleased about that. And who drew Porto? Uh, those jammy red suns. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, it was—it's quite funny actually. It just the thought just struck me before the four strongest teams in left in are um, Barca, Juventus, us, and, and I think you'd say Liverpool. And all four were kept apart. Very strange that. I'm sure it's entirely coincidental. And uh, anyway, we 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 drew Tottenham Hotspur Ray. Um, yeah. Were you? What, what was your reaction to that one? My reaction, I'm quite quite satisfied. Um, I didn't really want to draw Liverpool again, um, and I'm quite pleased with staying inside England. Uh, going down to London on the train, which I expect the players will do, is um, something like two hours from Stockport, something like that, or maybe a few minutes uh, less. Uh, it's much uh, better with the, with the run of games we've got come up coming up. It's better than flying out to uh, Barcelona or Turin or or wherever. So uh, uh, even into Portugal. So you know those two or three hours saved um, traveling. I think it's much better spent for the for the players to rest and to recover and get ready for the next game because basically, and if we keep winning games from now till the end of the season, we're playing every three or four days. Well, uh, Colin, that's the geographical, uh, uh, you know, advantage looked at. But uh, what about in terms of uh, relative team strengths and, um, and and this particular opponent? What do you think? Well, uh, you know, um, I think you'd back us to beat Spurs. Um, certainly over one leg. Two legs is always a different kettle of fish. And, and I think given the result they had in Dortmund, which is a really good result, obviously, we, you, you know, you've got to be a bit wary of them. But I think, you know, at the last stage of the Champions League, you, you, you're not going to get a, a, a Rotherham or a Burton Albion. But, um, you know, Spurs are, um, seem to be on a little bit of a slide at the moment. They could be more worried about getting top six. Sorry, top four. Uh, top four, sorry, yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I'd still fancy uh, they're, they're a very good team, Spurs. But I, I say I'd still fancy us over two legs. What well, do you think that um, it was a Freudian slip, uh, Ray, when uh, uh, Pep um, characterised them as the Harry Kane team, or was there was was, was that just a slip of the tongue, or what do you think? I don't think it was a slip of the tongue. I mean, um, it's probably a little bit of uh, gentle mind games. Uh, 
uh, probably ruffled a few feathers. But actually, Spurs at the time, they proved without Harry Kane that they could keep on winning. Uh, Son stepped to the mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when Absolutely. he came back, um, it kind of messed them up with uh, Son and Kane, both in the team, and then they started to struggle. So, um, But up to that point, they were the Harry Kane team. You know, Harry Kane, I mean, for me, they, they rely on, on a pretty decent defence and a few sparkling players like Ericsson, uh, Deli Ali, Harry Kane and Son when he's on form. Um, a bit like Liverpool where they've got a decent defence and three or four good attackers and then some stodgy players, as I'd like to call them, in midfield. Well, good news if you're a Brit abroad and uh, you're living in South Korea because that absolutely guarantees that um, those games will be all over the television, thanks to Mr. Uh, Son Heung-min. But uh, what about uh, the other mm. teams that uh, that came out of the hat, as it were, uh, Colin? What, what do you think of the other draws? Well, obviously, um, United-Barcelona was the uh, pick of the bunch, I guess, from a, a neutral point of view. A replay... Um, you know, they played each other before, a couple of finals. Um, what happened? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, the United team that played in those finals, sorry, is better, was better than the United team of today. Um, the Barcelona team, maybe not quite as good as the one that played, but they've still got Messi. And, you know, when you've got Messi in your team, anything can happen. So um, I would be delighted if United put Barcelona out, but I, I, yeah, I can't see it happening. Um I think um, Juve Ajax is another intriguing game because um, Ajax obviously gave Real Madrid a good hiding on their own territory. And um, I think to to most people's surprise, and and it could have been, it was 4-1, could have been 6-7-8 easily. So so they're no mugs. but but there's a, f- a feeling that with, with the purchase of Ronaldo, Juve have gone all out for the Champions League this season. I mean, the the, the um, Serie A is, is pretty well a foregone conclusion even now for, for them. Um, so they're not going to worry about anything else. So um, that, that, that could be a very interesting set of games. Liverpool-Porto, you, you would expect Liverpool to win that, I think, fairly easily. But again, Porto have got there on merit. Um, and they beat Roma, who uh, Liverpool beat in the semis last season. So um, uh, I think that's the um, that, that, that's the tie that might be more open than people think it is potentially. But I, yeah, I, I, I can't see Liverpool not getting through. And of course, we know their semi-final opponent, so that will be either United or Barcelona, which um, makes for a really intriguing semi-final. Ray, I'm I might absolutely... suck hours off to watch that one. Uh, Colin and, and, and Ray, I'm, I'm absolutely sure there was no skullduggery there, but it does very often seem like it was like four blokes in a, in a, in a room figuring out what would be the, um, the, 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 the best matchups. Um, Liverpool were very fortunate, weren't they? Uh, well, so, yeah, I mean, it's a look of the draw. I mean, Liverpool are claiming we've had easy draws throughout That's our true. cup competition, but, but we've taken the game seriously, unlike them. Uh, and we're getting easy draws because a lot of the bigger teams haven't taken their game seriously. Yeah, you know, and, and we know from our past experience in cup draws, I think we've only ever had two teams below the championship in the last 10 years. And they've had something like 17 or 18 off the top of my head, maybe a bit less. So, you know, the Champions League draw is always an interesting one because uh, when Bayern Barca and Real Madrid were the big beasts in the jungle, um, they never or they rarely ever drew each other before the semi-finals, which, of course, when if all three got through, two of them had to play each other. <laughs> and I spent a quiet day working out the odds of this. Uh, and it was five, seas- five seasons on the run that they avoided each other up to the quarterfinals, up to the semi-finals. And the, ch- the chances of that were like once in 220 years. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so you know, I said, I said at the beginning, when you see probably the four strongest teams drawn against the four weakest teams, I think you, you do start to get a little bit conspiracy theory minded. Mm-hmm. Miracles do happen from time to time, Colin. Miracles <laughs> do happen. Uh, well, um, Ray, we could also talk about another draw. Now, we're going to uh, talk about the game that g- gave rise to this draw. But see, we're pro- City were probably a little bit fortunate in that uh, we have drawn, we have drawn the winner of the game between uh, Brighton and Millwall. Of course, we we all know now that uh, uh, Brighton got past uh, Millwall, although that was a bit you know dicey at one stage. I think wasn't it? Millwall were two 0 up with just.
just a few minutes to go and, and uh, that's right and then they, right. they 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 managed to peg them back but uh, we ended up with uh, with Brighton in the uh, in the semi-final of the uh, FA Cup we we'll, we'll consider ourselves a little bit lucky there because um, both Watford and and Wolves who drew each other in the other side uh, they're a bit tasty so I think we were quite lucky there weren't we I think so. I think what uh, depends how you want to look at it. I mean, uh, before the draw, some of us were saying, well, uh, if we get Wolves and semi at uh, Wembley, maybe uh, their players will be a little bit uh, overawed uh, by the by the occasion and a bit nervous, and that might help us. If Wolves get to the final, then they would have already had that experience of uh, playing at Wembley, and so maybe they they'll have fewer nerves. But, I mean, the way I, I look at it, we've got to play two of the three. So it doesn't really make that much difference. If we want to win it, we've got to beat two of the three. And having the Brighton game first, it sh- fingers crossed, should make it easier uh, for us to get to Wembley. That's not always a given. Um, you know, we've, we've uh, cocked up before and yes. I'm sure we'll cock up again in the FA Cup. But you'd like to think that gives us a very good chance of getting to the final. It does indeed, and um, uh, Colin, let's talk about the the game that uh, gets, that gave rise to all of this. It was uh, uh, three two. We prevailed in the end, and we were two nil down until I think it was about the sixty eighth minute. How on earth did that happen? Uh, they looked very very fast on the uh, on the counter attack, and uh, we find ourselves two nil down. Uh, as I said, with uh, I think it was right up until the sixty eighth minute. Uh, how how did you uh, how, we how do you describe your experience watching this game until eventually uh, parity was restored well it was um it's always it was a game of two halves um i think that i think we deserved to win that game you look at the game stats we had uh, 70% possession we had um 22 shots of which nine were on target compared to five and two for Swansea. You know, we had 13 corners compared to their one. Um, I think the circumstances of the game sort of shadow, overshadowed that those stats a little bit. Uh, the first half, I didn't think we weren't terrible, but what, what let us down was um, things we did in the last third of the field that i mean it just wasn't coming off at all you know the ball was being crossed too far it was being crossed too short we weren't making the right passes um uh, swansea were defending very resolutely and their keeper obviously had a good game uh, we were getting caught offside when we shouldn't have been it was a very frustrating um first half from our point of view and of course we gave away a silly penalty uh, and fabian delf fabian delf sorry um you know uh, oh I'm not sure he should have started, that being his first full game back after injury, and he's not played in a while. But he does have a little bit of history with us in the FA Cup, doesn't he? He and, sure um, does. <laughs> and, uh, but, I mean, that's, that second goal of Swansea's was out the Guardiola pay- playbook, wasn't it? Goalkeeper, up, up the middle, two passes, bang, brilliant ball, brilliant um, two or three passes. Um, Bursant Salina took it excellently. But, but again, I think that, that showed Gundogan stood by and watched him run past. Walker was nowhere to be seen. Um, Bernardo was another one who should have been should have been in that space. So I think we 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 got we we got caught on the hop a bit there. Uh, and um, I'd say you've got to admire the quality of that second goal for them. But um, I think they call that the immutable it... law of the X, don't they, uh, Colin? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I think people got a bit annoyed with Selena, thinking thinking he was celebrating. Uh, you know, making a point to City, but I, I really don't think he was because he'd had that nightmare penalty miss, of course, uh, a few days earlier uh, when he slipped and the ball had gone about two yards. So I think I, I, I don't think you can blame him for being um, made up with that goal, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I say, it was just brilliantly executed and really well taken. What did you make of uh, Swansea Ray, uh, especially in that first half? They were uh, that first uh, half. What did yeah. you think? Sorry. Well, I mean, I'll start off by saying the conditions were, were terrible. Uh, I think they got slightly better as the day wore on, but it was very windy. It been raining for, for days. No, I don't um, sound like Jurgen Klopp now, I mean, please. Mr. Klopp, yeah, we, we went there on the Saturday morning with Mr. Klopp. But um, it, there was a feeling, there was a feeling amongst some of the fans at the ground that 
they wanted it a little bit more. They worked really, really hard. And I've got to give them uh, the highest praise because they worked really, really hard. They pressed us like teams don't press us when we've got the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, to our credit, we were good enough to to beat the press uh, with Edison and, and the defense, defenders and defensive midfield. But they really chased and harried. Uh, and I think that found Gundogan out because uh, I've said all, all season that if you give Gundogan time and space, he's he can provide the killer pass and he can look world class. You don't you deny him the space and time and you put him under a lot of pressure, then he he can look ordinary. Um, so as I said, great credit to Swansea. They had some great passing moves, passing through and around City. Uh, you know, we had some warnings for that second goal. Uh, they'd done it already. Um, but that their first goal, I mean, I'll have to say, Delft made, for, for me, he made two very big errors. Uh, the first one was the ball was uh, hit out wide um, to um, the Swansea player on the wing. Delft gambled. Delft uh, um, approached him and gambled that the guy would just stop the ball dead and then um, Delft could jockey him. But the guy, he didn't do that. He took it in one move, he controlled it and um, hit it past Delft in one move. So Delft was coming towards him, the ball had gone past Delft and Delft was way, way behind. And why he put that lunge in tackling when you've got players in the box, you've got to rely on your other players. And this guy, in my my book, wasn't going to score from where he was. He'd have, he'd have had to do some more hard work to get a good uh, shooting opportunity or lay off to one of his colleagues. Um, Dell's foul, and it was a very silly, obvious, blatant foul, allowed them to have a spot kick from 12 yards, which is infinitely easier than uh, the position he was uh, originally. Edison, um, Edison had no chance. I mean, Grimes, he blasted it in the corner, sent him the wrong way, um, and, the, and the pressing continued. And um, their second goal, I mean, I, I didn't count the number of passes, but if City had done that, um, you know, we'd have been... Uh, Everybody would have been praising us uh, to the rafters. It was not just, it didn't just start with the keeper. They passed it around two or three passes before it went back to the keeper. And he did a very nice, incisive pass uh, forward. And then Selena took it on. Um, and I was sat uh, standing behind the goal. And I said this, I mean, okay, you might think he's a bit of an exaggeration. But as soon as the ball came across to him and he opened his body up, you just felt that was going in the in, 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 into the goal, even before he had the shot, because his body was in a beautiful position, nice and open, and he just needed a decent contact, which he got, um, and and he scored. And I have no I have no gripes about him celebrating, whether it was it was in reference to his penalty miss earlier, or whether it was the jubilation of scoring a goal. I don't think he was having a dig at City. I mean, he's he's been a, he's been gone for nearly two years. He was on loan last year, I think, at Ipswich. Yeah, and then moving to Swansea. So he's been gone for almost two years from City and he wasn't really much at City anyway. Um, so, you know, you score a goal like that. I'm sorry, guys, you've got to celebrate. Um, you, you got it. It was a fantastic, wonderful goal. Uh, and you just got to be happy about it uh, for Swansea's sake. Um, although at that time, uh, the City fans were, there was a lot of mumbling and grumbling uh, uh, aimed towards a few players. And uh, it did look like the, the writing was on the wall. Yeah, Colin. I, 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 I think, think to pick up on really complained to really well struck goals. Yeah. The penalty was beautifully struck, and and of course the goal by Bursan Salina was uh, a wonderfully struck as well. He ha- he certainly was well within his rights to um especially with that penalty miss of a few days before he was within his rights to um to celebrate that a little bit. And we were two nil down and two nil. It, it, it was at half time as well. And uh, you're beginning to construct a narrative in your head as a City fan. Okay, so uh, this is the end of that. That's the end of the quadruple. Um, is that how you were feeling, um, uh, Colin? Um, yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, I always thought if we got one, we would get back in it. Um, because it's the old adage of 2-0 being a dangerous lead. And certainly, if we'd scored one in that first half, um, I'd have been very confident about us coming back to win. Um, but, but as long as we scored one, then... I, I still thought we would get back into the game. And of course, um, it was going to go to, if we got a second, it was going to go to extra time. And, um, (coughs) excuse me, uh, I'd have been confident of us winning it then. But, um, I think it was more the the level of the of the performance. It, you know, a lot of it seemed very disjointed in that first half. Um, 
But I, I think to pick up on what Ray said, it was great credit to Swansea, the, particularly the way they pressed, because you will see teams pre- try to press us and it'll be a bit half-hearted. So the front three might press the back four, but there, there'll be no one doing it behind. But Swansea really understood what they needed to do in a full press and, and they did it very well. Um but as I say, 2-0 is a dangerous lead and, and, and we all knew that Pep would change things in the second half. We had Aguero on the bench, we had Sterling on the bench, um, you know, we had Zinchenko on the bench. Um, uh, you know, the two full-backs had, had a great game. There were any number of players that you, you could have taken off, really. Uh, neither Mares nor Sane were, were desperately impressive. Aguero was huffing and puffing. David Silva was one of, having one of those games where nothing seemed to come off. Um, so, so we knew, I knew going, if we'd gone in 2-1 down, I'd have been really confident about us winning it. Going in 2-0 down, less so. And you could, you could see the quadruple edging away. But I still felt, you know, when you've got Pep in the dressing room, you've got the players we've got. You get a goal back quickly and, and and anything's on because they'd run themselves into the ground. Or Swansea had run themselves into the ground that first half. And, uh, you, you know, you, you think that we will, uh, if we get that goal, we will capitalise. And, uh, and of course we did. Um, and uh, Ray, we the the commentators were saying uh, probably about ten minutes into the uh, second half that the minutes were ticking down nicely uh, mm-hmm. for our opponents, and uh, then uh, whether you would call these a set of inspired substitutions uh, or not, but they certainly worked out the the three of them, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we were very surprised that uh, Maris wasn't yanked first, um, but it was uh, Sane and then Delph went off as Zinchenko. And um, I mean, Delph, for me, let himself down, um, especially with his play in the first half. Um, obviously, he has no love affair with the FA Cup after what he's, he did last season. Um, but um, I mean, we had to do something. Um, I, I, the start of the second half, I actually felt Swansea were more likely to score a third than we score a, a goal. Um, and Pep had to change things around. I, I thought, I mean, someone said Sani might have had a slight injury. I don't think so. I think he's gone with a German national team, so he should be fully fit. So I don't know why the, our two wingers didn't perform. Uh, Zinchenko for Delft. Uh, sounded good because we needed to attack. Uh, Zinchenko is probably now as good a left back as Delph. Uh, probably better. He's less uh, rash uh, with his decision making, and he offers us a lot more going forwards. Uh, Aguero, he's your top man. You can't uh, deny Aguero. And uh, to get Sterling on, he's probably with Bernardo being our best two players of the season um, in my book. And I think at that point we needed all the big guns on. And we needed them to fire, and thankfully they did. Lovely. Yeah, I think I um, I said Aguero didn't have a first half. Of course, it yeah. was Gabriel Jesus, yeah, who Jesus. seems incapable of staying on side. I mean, I, I had a joke <laughs> on Twitter. The two most common words in the English language are Jesus offside, because oh, some at the time because some of his runs was awful. So so yeah, Pep changed it around. You're thinking, well, we're going to go now, but even getting up to that first goal. There were things we were doing which weren't um, still, you're thinking, it's not quite coming off. Um, And just before we scored, Laporte hadn't quite got up to a header or where I thought, or Sterling was it, played a, a silly ball, which, which was nowhere near its intended target, went out for a goal kick. Um, and you're thinking, we are struggling here. But then, of course, that first goal, uh, Aguero was on, and that first goal um, came just at the right time, really. Beautifully struck from uh, Bernardo Silva. Ray. T- uh, talk us through that one. Well, uh, I think we had um, Aguero, he had a shot that was blocked. Um, and then he laid it off to Bernardo on the left-hand side of um, the box. And once again, we were very fortunate because all five goals um, came where the City away fans were. So behind that goal, we saw them all uh, in all their glory. And as soon as it, you saw it was with Bernardo, you felt confident. You had, you know, he was, as I said, one of our better players. And as soon as he hit it, with a touch of the outside of his foot, you knew it was going. Uh, the goalie had no chance, and you just hoped it nestled in the far corner where it, you, you thought it was going. And when he went in, I mean, we erupted um, behind the goal, and we we all knew, you know, we it, it give it had given us a lifeline. It had given us twenty minutes to get back to get another goal, and you. We hoped um, that it would give us that 
uh, the confidence to, to push forward and put uh, Swansea on the, the back foot, which uh, pretty much happened uh, from um, there on in. They were on the back foot. We had a lot of opportunities, a lot more pressure. And it was it felt like, you know, um, obviously the tired uh, swung in our not in our favour yet, uh, but we had the momentum and uh, we had to make it pay. And uh, after 76 minutes, we got... Some would say a fortuitous or dubious penalty, uh, but it was a penalty nonetheless. And, uh, you know, obviously that dragged us back into the game and got us level. What did you think, uh, Colin, of the penalty incident? Oh, I think it was a penalty. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, you could obviously cameras looked at it from all angles and there was a... The, com- the BT commentary team were a disgrace, actually. Um, Ian, uh, it was Ian Dark and Steve McManaman. Um <laughs> There's a camera angle from the cameras behind the goal. Well, not not directly behind the goal, but behind the goal line. And and if you watch that incident in slow motion, you will see that Sterling pushes the ball past the defender. The defender lunges in and he sort of catches the back of the ball as it's going past him. And then he catches Sterling. So for me, that's a penalty. You know, he's not played the ball and then caught Sterling. Sterling has played the ball past him. He's lunged in. He's caught a bit of the ball, but he's not played. It didn't. That ball did not move an inch from its trajectory uh, didn't move one degree because he caught the back of it as it was going past him and then caught Sterling now now you could say it was a soft penalty but it was a penalty and, and um, particularly annoyed with John Hartson who accused Sterling of diving when it clearly you know it wasn't a dive it was a penalty uh, you know we've, we've you know, you can call it soft, but yeah. it was a penalty. <laughs> You're right, Colin. You can't call it a dive, you know. Um, he caught him. Yeah, he, there, there was contact. And yeah. Sterling didn't go down theatrically. He didn't overplay it. The contact was enough to obviously uh, bring him down. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to mention it, but I will. Um, if you want to see a dive, uh, on Sunday <laughs> you would have seen a dive, uh, Mr. Marnie. Um, with his wonderful, you know, it, it might have been act, a yeah. keeper might have had his hands on him. But yeah. how, when the keeper's got his hands on you, you can fling yourself, you know, three or four yards away. Uh, it's like in uh, in, in disgust um, and collapse to the floor. It's it's absolutely incredible. And I will say this: now that now 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 that I'm onto those red tops, the way Sky have I saw today, they put up um, a top goal scorers chart minus. Penalties. So you take away Sergio's penalties, he drops down to 16 goals, and Sadio Mane sits there proud on top of the list with 17. I mean, the lengths they have to go to to promote <laughs> Liverpool—it's—it's. It's, I was—I oh, I can't even—I can't even think of a good word. It's low-level shithousery and whatever it. It's just pathetic. Um, but you know, um, that that's that's my aside uh, about those. Um... And, and barely barely a word about it. <laughs> uh, you know, one of people said, one or two people said he made the most of it. And the goalkeeper was sort of what the goalkeeper did. I don't know. The goalkeeper was yeah. pulling him. But you know, the goalkeeper was pulling him. You don't go flying forward the other way. It's, you know, it's... like you've been hit by a bulldozer in the arse. <laughs> It's pathetic. But, you know, I'm going go back to our game because, um, yeah, hey, we're, we were in the FA Cup and they weren't. Um, and that finish from Aguero, the penalty, oh, hearts in the mouth. As soon as he hit the post, you thought, oh, Sergio, you know, Sergio, is that your Delft moment? And, um, but it hit the foot of the keeper and went into the other corner. And once again, you know, um, we erupted. I think, we were, you know, I was trying to take some, some film, as, as you do. And uh, we got thrown about because it was, you know, the the feeling in the crowd was um, it was almost second to none. The second to none feeling came a few minutes later. But you know, we were really bouncing and singing, and um, we knew it was on. And you know, the feeling was if it got to extra time, there was only going to be one winner. We could have had another substitute, and uh, it was pretty much one way traffic. And, and they'd uh, something else I'd forgot to mention was that we came out with the second half with much more intent. Yeah. Swansea basically had 10 men behind the ball. And uh, obviously that made life a bit difficult for us. But, um, you know, it, 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 it was then a, almost a, a typical city attack versus defence game, wasn't yeah. it? Although they had that incredible uh, winger, uh, James, yeah. who was quick. Oh, he was quick, wasn't he? Uh, he was quick. But um, for, for most of that second half, it was um, 
you know, attack versus defence, wasn't it? And I think yeah. the, stats, the stats show that. I think James, um, if he changes his name, if the pronunciation of his name to Hamez, yeah, you know, it, 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 it really Double Madrid will be 50 million. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but there was, there was, there was, yes, I mean, Swansea, I think we were playing, a, it felt like a 3-5-2 kind of formation. We didn't need a lot of defenders at that point. Um, and there was there was a moment on the 82nd minute um, where uh, Gabriel Jesus, he had a header and it was pushed onto the post by the keeper who, I have to say, had a terrific game. Yeah. The Swansea defence had a terrific game. The number of times they threw their bodies on the line all around the penalty area, at six-yard box, um, to keep themselves in this game. But Gabby Jesus' header was pushed onto the post and the rebound came out. And in, in my book, anyway, it was Gabby Jesus's to have another shot because he was going forwards. And Sergio, being the greedy goal scorer, goal hanging so and so that he is, and we love him for it, he tried to hook it in with his left foot as the ball was going past him, and he could only really hit it back towards the keeper, where Gabby had the whole of the goal to aim at. Yeah. The keeper made another, you can say, a lucky save or whatever, but he had to be getting up and in the right position to make that save. It was a tremendous uh, double save from the keeper. But Sergio had to swivel, yeah, uh, and the only way, where, the only place he could put it was in that near post where the, where keeper, the keeper was. was. And as you yeah. said, if Gabby. Jesus gets there, it goes you know, into wrong. the middle of the goal or the yeah. far corner. Well, guys, it was uh, the, the score was levelled up uh, by that penalty. It was 2-2. Uh, and uh, for once, I, I guess we're probably a little bit grateful that there was no VAR in, in this game, uh, <laughs> Colin, because uh, Sergio's uh, little Bonson shoulders were probably a little bit offside for, uh, for the winning goal, were they not? Uh, yes, they probably were. Um, but it, it's, I don't know, we might talk about this. One of the beefs I have about the offside law that we were talking about just before we came on air, mm-hmm. um, that, that you know, uh, offside was supposed to be about gaining an advan- an attacker gaining an advantage in the days when attackers used to go and stand, lean on the goalpost and chat to the opposing goalkeeper. So, of course, the offside law came in to um, put a stop to that. And it's been adjusted over the years. And, of course, now we've got to this situation where it's almost kind of um, counterintuitive. And uh, there's no doubt that under the current law, Sergio was offside. You know, his right leg was offside. You can say, is that really gaining the sort of the, ad- the sort of advantage that the offside law was brought in to get rid of? Um, I, I, you, know, you, you, you could argue that one till you're blue in the face, I guess. Um, but, but there was another incident, another offside incident um, earlier on in the first half. Uh, and the ball had come in maybe from a free kick or something. And David Silva was uh, in an offside position when the ball was played. Uh, he, he was, I think, he stood inside the six-yard box. As the ball came in, he came back and he t- um, touched the ball. It, he was well onside. That you know, there were mo- there were more than two defenders between him and the goal line at that point. And, and of course, he was under the current interpretation of the of the law. He was flagged offside. But, but you could argue. How was he gaining an advantage in that situation? I mean, he, he hadn't gained an advantage because um, the defenders, you know, a number of defenders were behind him at that point or in front of him, depending on which way you look at it. But it's one of my um, annoyances about the offside law. Um, and the example I was talking about, in a theoretical, hypothetical example, Sergio could stand on the penalty spot, or the, could have stood on the penalty spot of the Swansea area, and Edison could have had the ball. And all the Swansea defenders could have been pushing up with Sane just inside our half. Edison plays the ball to Sane, who, of course, he's dead quick, outpaces all the defenders, goes racing towards the goal, and as soon as he gets an inch past Sergio, squares the ball to him, Sergio scores, but he's not offside. And to me, that's a complete and utter nonsense. But, of course, under the current interpretation of the law, as we said, Sergio uh, should have been flagged offside. But I, I still felt by that time there was only ever going to be one winner of that game. So... Um, you know, uh, uh, and we talked about that chance that that, that uh, Gabriel Jesus should have had. That would have finished it. We'd have got another one, uh, or in certainly an extra time. Swansea were dead on the feet. I, I think we'd have won that. But um, uh, you know, so uh, as we said earlier, looking at all the stats, uh, you know, all right, we had that fairly um, out of sorts first half to a large degree. But um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a victory against the run of play. Even though, yeah, strictly speaking, the goal was offside. But you know, when you look at again, we're talking about Liverpool. That goal against West Ham, uh, James Milner two yards offside in for, under the assistant's nose, and it's not given. So, yeah, do I feel too bad about it? 
Yeah, about about ten percent of me feels bad about it. Ninety percent, I couldn't care less, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, as that noted philosopher Virgil van Dijk said, yeah. "Who cares? Who cares? I don't Who know if this, Colin, but." I think we, we we were discussing earlier on that if if it was Swansea who had yep. come back from 2-0 down against the mighty Man City and did benefited from arguably whatever you want to call it, a 50-50 penalty shout, dubious penalty um, and a slightly offside goal, we'd have heard precious little about it. Um, you'd have heard how wonderful Swansea, the underdogs, had uh, beaten the oil blah blahs of Manchester City and who've got you know a 600 million pound team or uh, on the pitch and their their you know one player on their bench was worth more than the squans uh, than the whole of the Swansea GDP put together uh, <laughs> that's all you'd have you'd have heard you'd, you'd have said virtually nothing about those two contentious decisions. But seeing as the boots on the other foot, they ignore the, was it 22 shots we had, nine on target, 70% possession, lots of chances. We hit the post. We had a few cracking saves from their keeper. Their players made wonderful blocks and they played out of their skins. But we deserve to win. And the gracious manager of uh, of Swansea, Mr. Potter, um, uh, it's not Dennis Potter, is it? Um, I, I forgot his name. Uh, his first Graham name. Potter, Graham. Graham Potter. Graham Potter. It's not Dennis Potter. Okay, so that's something else. Um, uh, Graham Potter. He came out and said, "Look, City deserved to win. You know, the the better team." And um, you know, the, I think some of the the journalists tried to stalk it up about the offside, and and he was having none of it. And he said, "You know, I'd rather look at how my boys played and the fantastic performance, and we should um, hold our heads up with pride uh, for what we did." And uh, but on the whole, uh, on the whole game, City were the better team, and they deserved to win. And he was right. Yes, it's, uh, the, 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 the season is shaping up quite nicely now, uh, Colin, isn't it? Uh, we're uh, nicely positioned um, in, the, in the league and in the Champions League and also now in this FA Cup. Yes, um, what was it now? Potentially 15 games uh, and everyone is a cup final. Mm-hmm. Simple as that, isn't it? I mean, um, obviously you would fancy us to um, get to Wembley in the FA Cup final. Um, and and hopefully win it, but you never know in the cup. Spurs shouldn't be a shouldn't be an insurmountable uh, problem in the um, Champions League, and of course it's the. But we've got some awkward games coming up in the league, and uh, but I think as Liverpool showed uh, at Fulham, um, the nerves are starting to show there. Um, so it, you know, as we know from two thousand and. 12 and 2014, uh, the run-in is never straightforward. So, uh, but it's, it's 15 cup finals for us now. So, yep. Um, we don't have to win them all, actually, because um, obviously you can afford to lose or draw um, a Champions League tie uh, as long as you win it um, on aggregate. So, um, obviously, it depends what Liverpool do in the league now. Um, you know, but if, you, if you're kind of relying on that sort of penalty to beat Fulham, then, which is probably one of their, the easiest games in their running. Then who you know, who knows what might happen? And um, yeah, Ray. I oh, mean, I'm Liverpool just... made made very heavy we- uh, weather of that uh, that game against. Uh, f- I mean, Fulham oh. have, have gone. They're yeah, virtually but, relegated. I mean, but if, if we played that game. If that had been us playing and we'd, uh, you know, waded through treacle uh, and struggled to win the game, we would have just said, "Hey, it's the end of the season. The performance doesn't matter. All that matters is the three points." And we can look at um, some games not so long ago that we we won one nil and they weren't so straightforward, like uh, Bournemouth, I think, um, was it West Ham as well? And we may have been the better team, but we struggled to win them. Um, um, so. I think the same thing applies. All that matters is Liverpool got three points and that's all that matters to them. You know, um, it would have been obviously better for them uh, and their hopes to have got a better, uh, to, to have improved their goal difference a little bit uh, because that might come into play. Um, but all that matters right now is getting the three points. It doesn't matter how you get them as long as you get them. But I think the interesting thing is if we, if we'd been put well, so we are playing Fulham in our next league game. If that had been us against Fulham, would the media have been saying, "Yeah, you know, our City feeling the pressure? Um, can Absolutely. they keep it up?" And and um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting. Um, 
Well, we know what the media, the media are looking for any opportunity to downgrade or degrade City and, and push Liverpool. We saw with Amani uh, in the scoring stakes about that. And we we know it's gone on for years. We know from last season, our boys, uh, Centurions, simply haven't got the credit they they really deserve for that uh, achievement. And they'll never get that credit for, I think, for several more years, maybe another 10 years until we've got a few uh, a few of these uh, old Liverpool and United pundits who've disappeared from the media and maybe a few in if we keep on uh, dominating and a few more uh, blue pundits uh, are on the scene um, but the, the media don't want to give City the credit we richly deserve and they look for any opportunity to have a pop at us that seems to be the case as you uh, survey the, the yeah. sort of the media landscape. But uh, we're sitting uh, pretty, uh, Colin, and I'm pretty uh, confident that uh, things are going to go our way. It was a fairly, when you think of it, oh, I mean, oh, it, could, it could have been a much worse draw in the Champions League. And uh, we could have uh, ended up drawing um, a very, very dangerous Wolves team in the, uh, in the FA Cup as well. So I think we can count our blessings just a little bit, can't we? Uh, yeah, we can. Um, you know, we could have had we could have had United in the FA Cup or something, or you know, we could have got um, you know a, a really tough draw. You know, another game against Liverpool in the Champions League. So yeah, I mean, um, Spurs, as we said, Spurs will be tough. It won't be an easy game, easy couple of ties because you've got to what uh, you really got to wary of Spurs. But it's it's certainly doable. Um, you know the. The games coming up in the league, um, there's, there's away games at Crystal Palace and Burnley where we've slipped up before. Obviously, um, we've got another home game against Spurs, so I think we play them three times uh, in, 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 what, two and a half weeks or something? Um, yeah, I think um, we're playing Spurs on the 9th of um, April and uh, we'll play, again on the yeah. uh, 17th to 20th. Yeah. So 12 days. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be tough, but hopefully, uh, obviously with the inter- international break, few of our players have cried off due to injury, a few have, have given up on the international scene or haven't been selected. So, um, we, we've got relatively few. Uh, Sterling, Stones hasn't gone, has he? Stones, Walker's, come back. Hmm? Stones has come back, yeah. Off, yeah. So, you know, we've got um, Kevin De Bruyne. He's, he's staying. He's, he's not gone. He's no, injured. Got, so, we're hoping that by the time, you know, in two weeks' time, um, we will have getting on for a full squad, um, which, which, of course, is a big help because Liverpool have got to play that front three every game now. Mm-hmm. They have got they have got to play that front three every game. Salah's misfiring a bit. OK, he might find a bit of form, um, you know, after the international break. Um, Mane's carrying them at the moment. Yeah. I think from that front three, um, they, they can't afford any of those... They could probably, yeah, probably afford the sort of form Salah's in, but he's always dangerous. But they could probably most afford him not to be there. But if one of those three, it, it, they're going to be playing what they played 31 games, seven to so they've got potentially 12 games to play, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, if one of those three goes down, they've got they really haven't got the cover that that we've got. So, um, you know, if everyone's back and firing for those last potentially up to 15 games, um. You know, if you've got a, a fit Kevin De Bruyne, perhaps you can give Stavid Silva a bit of a rest for a game or two. Fernandinho, hopefully back. Uh, you know, we've got our first choice defence back. Um, we can do it. I think that worked out, um, actually. No, we, we don't want to talk about no. use the Q word, do we? But Chelsea in 2007, they got all the way to the semi-final of the Champions League before their quadruple hopes were dashed. Although they were... Um, they, they were Second place in the league, so you know yeah. they were always struggling. They were always going to be struggling to catch um, United, who won it that year. But um, you know it was tantalisingly close for them. But we'll have to see, won't we? Well, that is, it, it's an, it's an it's an immense achievement to get it, which is why it's never been done. Yeah. Um, but I think what what we've kind of said from our channel is um, we feel that um, it's doable, but we don't think we're going to do it. We'll we'll drop, you know that we'll slip up somewhere. Most likely, the, the, the slip-up would come in the Champions League, um, I think, purely because of the standard of, of the opposition. And it's a cup competition, albeit over two legs. Um, you know, the league, it's all in our hands. Um, FA Cup, you'd like to, to feel that we've got an excellent chance. Uh, there's no Wigan in the, sitting there in the final waiting uh, to snatch it away. Um, it's a Champions League I think we're more concerned about 
because you've still got teams like Barca, you've still got teams like uh, Juventus and even uh, Liverpool, oh, United on their day. I mean, you saw what they did to PSG. You just need a bit of luck and a terrible VAR official and anything can happen. Just on the subject of United, uh, Ray, of course, uh, they were knocked out of uh, the FA Cup uh, by Wolves. Very dangerous Sorry, team. what was that? What was that, Mike? I missed that. Can uh, you repeat it? <laughs> uh, just on the subject of Manchester United, uh, it, <laughs> oh. looks, it looks like Ole is not going to be at the wheel. I mean, we were sort of hoping that he would be given the job full time, but he's probably not going to be now, is he? Well, what, I don't know. There's, there's so many rumours and misinformation out there uh, in the media and on Twitter and, and wherever. Um, you just don't know what to believe because it was only a few weeks ago that Ollie was uh, a shoo-in for this um, and United were a shoo-in for fourth and... Um, you know, um, the way they were going. And suddenly they've lost, was it two games? And um, he's he's going to get the boot. It's, it's not, I don't know. Um, I mean, you, they, they really ought to look at it and see what he's done since he's been there. He has, you can argue, galvanised the team. He's made them more positive. He's made them more attacking and threatening. Um, and potentially, they haven't got many more points and, and they won't be in a better position than when Josie was there. But hey, they're in the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League and um, they've got this opportunity to get into the top four again and, uh, and stay in the Champions League next season. So I, I, th- I thought... Um, even though at the start he had, I thought, some relatively easy games, um, which were winnable, but Josie would have won them all. I thought they would have given it in by now. And the fact that they haven't, kind of, lead, the longer he doesn't get it, kind of makes you feel uh, they're going to give it to somebody else. But who else is out there? Zidane's gone. Who else is left? That's Pochettino. worthy of Man United. What do you think uh, about that uh, managerial uh, prospect, uh, Colin? Yeah, it's an interesting, wasn't it? Because, um, as Ray said, uh, you know, you would think the rumours are going around that they're allowing him to choose the players they're going to buy in the summer, uh, which kind of suggests that he's going to get the job. Um, I'd love him to get the job because uh, oh, I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure there's that much. We ne- you, you don't know, but I'm not sure there's that much substance there. And, and I, I think back to when Kevin Keegan walked out on us and Stuart Pearce came in. And we went on that great <laughs> run, which took us to uh, to within a penalty kick of the um, Europa League. Of course. Having nightmare uh, flashbacks here. <laughs> yeah, and of course that you know everyone wanted Stuart Pearce to be given the the job. I, I think John Wardle said there was no way he could turn the job, you know, turn him down for the job. Um, and then it all went downhill from there, didn't it? When he actually, yeah, you know, when, when the um, kind of you know, the new manager bounce wore off the the initial enthusiasm of the players it we just to and he got he started to impose his own um kind of style on the team which was much more defensive 10 men behind the ball uh, minded um you know the, the the attraction wore off didn't it very quickly and we couldn't wait to see the back of him so you know um I, I, yeah, I, obviously, I think we all we'd all like him to get the job from a selfish city point of view mm-hmm. because there are probably better managers out there who they could give it to. Um, it, it was interesting that um, Zidane went back to Real Madrid, although is that that's probably till the end of the season, is it? I'm not sure. Um, you know, so 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 Pochettino's potentially still in play for that job or um, Klopp. That would be nice. <laughs> no, I, th- I think um, Zidane's going to stay longer at Real Madrid. And actually, now that you mentioned Poch. If Spurs drop out of the top four, do you think he could jump ship? Do you think any of their uh, big stars, I don't think Kane would, but do you think some of their other big stars like Ericsson um, and some maybe one or two of their defenders uh, could be looking to jump ship if Spurs, say, finish fifth? Oh, yeah. I think they could, yeah. Um, because, um, you know, Spurs have got keep a tight lid on the wages. Mm. Um, they're, not, they're not buying. Uh, they're moving into that new stadium, which is going to cost them uh, most of the money they're hoping to earn, and, it, and it's a double whammy. If they finish fifth, they're, they're, I think they're relying on Champions League money exactly. to pay for that new stadium. If they finish fifth, it's a double whammy. Um, they're going to have to sell one player to get in 50 or 60 or 80 million quid to yeah. make up for the loss of the Champions League money. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, if Spurs finish fifth and United do finish fourth, for argument's sake, Pochi is going to look at it and say, "Well, no Champions League for another for a, at least another year, uh, no money for a very, very long time." Um, and is it time to jump ship and move to United, who might or might not be in the Champions League? 
but they'll say, hey, Mr. Pochettino, here's £250 million, get us back there, and he can probably see more scope for it. So, um, I think he'd be a good appointment for United and terrible for Spurs to lose him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, let's hope, it, let's hope Ole's still at the wheel in August. <laughs> let's hope. Uh, I mean, because it's an intriguing race, isn't it? That that race for the um, third and fourth spots. Could, could um, Arsenal, I didn't expect to win anywhere near that race, to be honest. So, uh, considering that I don't think their defence is up to scratch, um, Emery's done a really good job there, uh, and, and hopefully more to come from them. So they'll be putting the pressure on. I think um, you probably fancy Chelsea. Spurs and Arsenal, wouldn't you, to to make it in there? It's, it's probably um, lo- looking really like Chelsea and United. Chelsea's bombs failed off again. Chelsea, yeah. who had a couple of games in hand, you thought they could even get up to third, and suddenly I think they're probably still in sixth. Um, but, off the top yeah, of if they got if they got a point at Everton, they would have been in fifth. Yeah, United would but, have been back in sixth. But, but they, they, they had those two games to to if they'd won them both to get into into third. I think how did they draw one, lose one, and suddenly. Their season's on the rocks again. Apparently today I read that the Chelsea board have been meeting to discuss the future of the manager, Sarri. So they could potentially be in a mess again in the summer. And it'd be very interesting that we could come to the summer and you could have the Tottenham manager moving, the Man United manager going, the Chelsea manager going, and only three uh, carrying on uh, in, in their position. So, I mean, if Klopp doesn't win, maybe he gets a boot as well. So, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But a lot, it's going to be very interesting summer. That's for sure. Well, guys, I think it's a, that's probably an interesting point for us to leave it. Uh, we We have drawn Spurs in the Champions League. And as the old song goes... Could it be City tearing Cockneys apart again uh, <laughs> in in this April when we're going to be playing them uh, three times? Uh, but uh, all will be revealed and we'll certainly be there uh, after these games to, to talk about it with you. But we can't stop without uh, uh, thanking our guests and... Uh, uh, Absolutely grateful uh, to have uh, Colin Savage, uh, Presswitch Blue, on with us uh, to discuss these things. Thank you so much for coming on, Colin. It's always a pleasure. And also Man City Fan TV, Ray. Thank you so much, Ray. Uh, Mike, it's a privilege. Uh, no, not a privilege. It's a pleasure for you to have me on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Um, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll be back with you after the next game. And as we always say, have one on us and up the blues. I love-